The contents of this section will furnish a very striking illustration of the truth of a remark which I have more than once made in my philosophical writings, and which can hardly be too often repeated, as it tends to greatly encourage philosophical investigations. That more is owing to what we call chance, that is, philosophically speaking, to the observation of events arising from unknown causes, than to any proper design or preconceived theory in this business. Joseph Priestley, Experiments and Observations on Different Kinds of Air, 1776. This is Science Sparring Society. I am Samuel Hansen. There are periods of history where the time is simply right for a breakthrough in the sciences. The early 1770s were just such a time. And, as usual, there was friction. Joseph Priestley was a British theologian and natural philosopher who just so happened to enjoy experimenting with air. In 1771, he put a plant in a closed, sealed glass box with a candle. That candle, of course, soon burnt itself out. But 27 days later, Priestley used a mirror to concentrate sunlight back on the wick and found that that candle, which had been previously extinguished, could suddenly be relit. Then, in 1772, he put a mouse in a glass box. That mouse died, but then he put a mouse in that glass box again. But this time, he put it in there with a plant, and he found that that mouse hung on just a bit more tenaciously to this mortal coil. Priestley knew that there was something important about these results, but he didn't know quite what. At the same time that Priestley was experimenting with mice, a man in Sweden by the name of Carl Wilhelm Scheele discovered something that he called fire air. That was his name for the gas that was expelled when you heat magnesium oxide. Just a couple of years later, Priestley would also stumble upon this fire air. Both Scheele and Priestley were adherents of the phlogiston theory, which held that items could only burn if they contained this material, this phlogiston. It would then be released into the air as combustion continued, and once the surrounding air became saturated with the phlogiston, the flames would peter out. Because this experiment showed that this newly found gas greatly aided in combustion, Priestley believed it contained no phlogiston itself, and he therefore called it deflogistated air. Enter Antoine Lavoisier. There's great evidence that he received both a letter from Scheele describing his experiments and a visit from Priestley where he did the same. When he recreated these experiments, 
he also found the same fire air, but he didn't buy into the phlogiston theory. Since he didn't believe in phlogiston, Lavoisier proposed a different name for this gas, oxygen. He then went on to thoroughly destroy the phlogiston theory and lay the groundwork for modern chemistry by showing, among other things, that combustion requires this new gas oxygen, that combining oxygen and hydrogen creates water, and that the air we breathe is a mixture of oxygen and azote, his name for nitrogen. Lavoisier also first described the principle of respiration and was one of the co-authors of the first system of chemical nomenclature. By 1776, Priestley and Lavoisier had become involved in a priority dispute. Hey, what, what about me? Over here. What, what about me? I, I discovered it Now, too. as I hey. was saying, by 1776, Priestley and Lavoisier were involved in a priority dispute. Of course, Priestley had a bit of a better claim as to having discovered oxygen. Come on, I, I actually found it two years before. Seriously, come on. Anyone? Anyone at all, really? I, I, would, love, I would love some credit. Credit, please. Pretty please. Okay, okay, all right. Scheele was involved too. But Scheele's claim came down to that letter he had written to Lavoisier. But Lavoisier was in no hurry to show anyone that letter. Indeed, it was not actually found for two centuries in the effects of Lavoisier's wife. Now, most people knew about Priestley's visit, so they did believe him when he said he was the person to actually discover this new gas. But Lavoisier's claim, and a strong claim it is, was that he was the one that actually understood what fire air actually was and the importance of the discovery. And therefore, he felt that he deserved the credit. Not that this amazing discovery really made any of their lives easier. As in the end, Scheele died from probable exposure to his ex own experiments, which included mercury, lead, and furoric acid. Priestley was run from his house in Birmingham in 1791, and eventually he found himself and his family living in the New World, where he settled in Pennsylvania. Lavoisier's end was probably the most ignoble as he perished by guillotine during the French Revolution, under accusations of selling watered-down tobacco. History, as it tends to do, has now cleared up all the disputes, and we now know that while Scheele was two years ahead in discovering oxygen. Priestley did find it on his own, so they both deserve credit for its discovery. But without Lavoisier, the finding of oxygen would not have been the watershed moment. It is now clear that it was in the development of what we know as chemistry. So the next time you take a breath, or start a fire, or manage to keep your mouse alive in that air holeless box using a plant. Raise a toast to the discoverers of fire air, of deflogestated air, and of oxygen.